Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, God's plan was to send the Jews to Egypt for 400 years, and God would use Joseph to get them there and then get them out eventually through Moses. Here's what I want you to see. God uses people to fulfill his plans. See, he only has people. He doesn't have any perfect people. He just has people. If he wanted perfect, he'd use angels. We're not perfect, but he uses us. God uses people to reach people and to fulfill his plans. Joseph is a picture. You are a picture of that as well. When you read the stories in the Bible of men and women that God used to do amazing things, it's easy to think that God couldn't use you in the same manner, isn't it? That's a natural tendency. It's also, from God's perspective, wrong. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the reality, which is that God can only work in this world through people. He could interact directly with every person on earth, but he's chosen to use people, weak, frail, undependable people just like you. You'll start to learn today how to get in the right frame of mind and spiritual place that you'll be a fit servant for God's use. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 12. As he continues his message, God uses people to fulfill his plans. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, stop and think about this. If the Messiah has to come through the nation of Israel, has to come through that nation, what if the nation gets cut off and there is no more nation? What happens to the promise of the Messiah? There's no Messiah. That's exactly what Satan's after. He was trying to shut down the nation of Israel. So the promise of God, because that lineage would come through the nation of Israel, didn't come outside the Israel, came through the nation. He was trying to stop that all along. And if he could do that, he knew that he would destroy the Jewish line of the Messiah and no Messiah would come. So what is God going to use for Joseph? Here it is. God's plan was to use Joseph to save the nation of Israel from extinction. Now, Joseph has no idea. He doesn't understand the plan. And you'll see at the end of the service, that's normal for us. We don't understand. I had no idea when I changed from engineering to pharmacy, that would be the door that would get me to Florida and be your pastor. There's no way I would even even think about that because I never planned to be a pastor. But see, Joseph doesn't know this, but God has the plan. He knows everything. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, what do you mean Israel from extinction? In those days, we know this from the Bible, at this time, Israel numbered, the nation of Israel numbered 70 people. 7-0. Oh. 
That was it. 70 people. That's all there were. That's more like a family. Now, in that nation of Israel, there were all kinds of enemies. Many of those tribes had a 1,000 people. Now, if there became a war with a 1,000 people against 70, what do you think about the nation of Israel? So God knew that, and he had a plan. God also knew that coming in the future to the nation in that area of the world, not just Israel, in that area, there was going to come a great famine, a famine. Well, how can a nation of 70 provide for themselves if there's a famine in their nation with no food? Well, they couldn't. They'd be a stink. Now, look at Genesis 15. Look at Genesis 15, and this is verse 13. Now, this is many, many years before this would happen. Look at God's plan. Speaking to Abraham, God says this. And it doesn't really mean anything to Abraham. He just doesn't get it. I mean, what? This is in the future. Then the Lord said to him, Abraham, know for certain that your descendants, the people coming through your line and Sarah, which will eventually bring the Messiah, know that your descendants will be strangers in a country, not in Israel, not on their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated for how many years? 400 years. So God says to Abraham, in the future, the nation that I'm giving you the head of will leave Canaan and go to another nation. He didn't tell him what nation it was there. We know from history, you'll see in a moment, it's the nation of Egypt. You'll watch this happen. And they'll be servants for 400 years. Now, what we're going to study, Genesis 37 to 50, fulfills it, tells us, tells us how God did that. Now, what was his plan? What did God know? Here's what he knew. Follow it. And the light will come on for you. God's goal is to save Israel because that's where the Messiah is coming. That lineage has to come. Satan's goal is to try to destroy Israel, the nation. So here's what God does. He knows there's a famine coming. So he's going to use Joseph to get eventually, and that's going to be toward the end of our study, to get these 70 people in the famine to Egypt where there's food. And there's reason there's going to be food in a famine is because God's going to use Joseph with his wisdom to store it up. See, Pharaoh didn't know there was a famine coming. God told Joseph, and here's how you do it. It's amazing when we get there. Think of it, God's overall picture. So he's going to get the 70 people to Egypt. They'll have food. Now, in 400 years, what do you think is going to happen to the 70? Well, let me just talk a little bit about this. If there's a husband and a wife, what is the normal thing that happens? There's going to be sexual what? Intercourse. And from that comes what? Children. Good. 400 years. You men know it. The women are going, really? Come on now. Come on. 400 years. You know what happens after 400 years? 70 people. See, there's a warning to us. 70, <laughs> 70 people. 70 people. Listen. How many do they become? Three million people. And what does Egypt say to do? 
What does Pharaoh say to do? Get rid of these people. They're going to overdo us. Get rid of them. What did God do? He took 70 and he guaranteed the vibrancy of the nation of Israel. What happens after they have these 3 million people? Moses is raised. We move right on in to the Exodus where God takes his people and he moves them out and they head to the promised land so that the lineage can continue through David and Solomon, all the rest. Could I hear an amen right there? Now, how is this going to happen? One 17-year-old boy. That would not be my plan. If you have teenagers, definitely would not be your plan. But God knew exactly what he was doing. Actually, I won't have time, but in that study, there's many people that have the things that Joseph did. About a hundred of those match what Jesus was. He's not Jesus, but he's kind of a picture of Jesus in the Old Testament. Joseph is to the person of Jesus Christ. Now, God's plan was to send the Jews to Egypt for 400 years, and God would use Joseph to get them there and then get them out eventually through Moses. Here's what I want you to see. God uses people to fulfill his plans. See, he only has people. He doesn't have any perfect people. He just has people. If he wanted perfect, he'd use angels. We're not perfect, but he uses us. God uses people to reach people and to fulfill his plans. Joseph is a picture. You are a picture of that as well. It's just amazing to me. What does that look like? Look at Psalm 37, 23. The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. We're going to watch Joseph go through the ups and downs of life. 22 years before he gets to understand why he went through all these ups and downs. 22 years. But God is with him this whole time. That means a roller coaster. The ups and downs of life. Maybe it was uh, three weeks ago I saw this. Take a look at this statement. Riding on a roller coaster really can remove kidney stones. You say, Pastor Mark, this has nothing to do with your sermon. Oh, yes, it does. Just hold on. I'll work it together. Now, what does that mean? This is at Disney. How many have ridden that roller coaster? Yeah, see there? Well, here's what happened. A professor in a Michigan State University osteopathic hospital came up with an idea. And so he said, I think maybe with these ups and downs, there could be a physical thing that would cure kidney stones. So he sent a patient there. And the patient went on this crazy roller coaster. Up, down, up, down, up. True story. And when he got to the end, he got off and he he went to the bathroom and he passed the kidney stones. True story. So he goes back. I want another ride, please. And he gets out of the roller coaster. Comes back. And the only kidney stone left, he passes it. If you have kidney stones, you came to church for a reason. Don't skip church. Just go over there on a Saturday. No, I'm serious. This is now being used by many doctors in our world. Is that crazy? Is that crazy? In the ups and downs of life, something good can happen. There's where I work it in. In the ups and downs of life, 
God's in control. God's in control. This is a picture spiritually of our lives. The ups and downs of real life. You know what that means. You understand the ups and the downs. The good times and the difficult times. The joyful times and the sad times. I don't know where you are, but from the first day that Adam and Eve sinned, this is life. Up, down. That's our life spiritually. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they had all those ups and downs. Joseph will experience those up and downs, as I told you, for 22 years. As we begin this roller coaster ride, you're going to see all kinds of things in the family of Joseph. Things that we experience, even in our own lives. Deceit, family strife, favoritism, hurts, unexpected blessings, forgiveness. You're going to see loyalty and trust and obedience. And you're going to look at Joseph and go, that's unfair. That's unfair. That's wrong. Can I remind you this morning, life is not fair. But God is good. And he knows the end result of the downs. And to be very honest with us, We learn more in the downs than we do in the ups. Because in the downs, I can't trust myself. I have to put my trust in God. That's why I call this series Trusting God in the Ups and Downs of Life. There's going to be amazing things happen to all of us as we simply ask God to teach us the principles that Joseph learns to watch it and be able to relate to that understanding that even Joseph, until those 22 years were in, didn't really understand why God used all that. But you're going to see that. And so I want you to just kindly say this to your neighbor. God uses people like me to fulfill his plans. Would you just turn to your neighbor? God uses people like me like me, to fulfill his plans. Now, when you think about that, that's huge. That's huge. See, you have to understand that God has a plan uniquely for you to do things, but then often he will use you in his own plans for something outside of that. Can I just remind you this morning, the Christian life is not just the destination. It's the journey. All of us are on a journey. And we learned this morning already that God has an amazing plan. Before you and I were born, God had a plan for us. Awesome. Awesome. So how can I fulfill those plans God has for us? Here it is. Understand this principle, Proverbs sixteen nine. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. See, you have all kinds of decisions to make. Financial, spiritual, emotional, jobs, you know, medical. All kind, you have all those things. But you can make them, but make sure God directs the steps. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's why you're here. We're studying the word of God. He knows what path to take. He knows what your life is like. He knows the downtime, the difficult time, and he'll work it through for you. Life is filled with hurts. You can't run from hurts. You can't run far enough from hurts. 
Hurt people hurt people. And you're going to see so many hurts individually to Joseph and also from his own family. We've all experienced them. And we're going to learn about forgiveness and grace and watching God help us to trust him even though we don't see the end. That's what the life is all about. This is where we all are. Every person in this room is the same. We're all the same. We're just people on life. And since the sin started, there's hurts. There's all kinds of stuff that happens. But God is the healer of our hurts. And he'll help us. I'm going to give you three things to write down. Number one, following God requires trust, flexibility, and obedience. Flexibility. We never know. God just comes. Also, it takes a right angle. Here we go. Here I come to Florida just as a vacation. Whoop! Two months, I'm down here. What? That's called flexibility. <laughs> Quit your job. Come down here. Wow. I never knew it. Later. Uh, you're getting pharmacy. You're retiring. Get out of pharmacy. You're going to start a little church in Melbourne. What? Flexibility. Obedience. I didn't know it. God had a plan the whole time. It's not about me. It's always about God. So if you're not flexible, you'll never make it. You'll never make it with God. You just have to be flexible. Here's what I say all the time. By the way, when we moved to Florida, we had no idea what I was saying. <laughs> then I said to God, whatever you want to do with this, we'll just go for it. I'm thinking, okay, what did I just say? <laughs> but that's exactly what we've tried to do. Next, we don't have to understand to obey God. I didn't understand some of the movements. Joseph doesn't understand any of them because many of those things were really bad to Joseph. His brothers throw him into a pit. He doesn't understand that, but I don't have to understand to obey God. You say, well, God, you have to tell me what you're doing before I'll obey you. You'll never follow God. You just follow God and he'll give you the direction later. Number three, know that God is in control in the ups and downs of your life. He's in control. His plan is always perfect. It may not match mine. That doesn't matter. He's God. I'm not. Remember, when you're following God's plans, they're good for us to give us hope, blessings, and a future. They're good for us. Trust God where he has you right now. Now, if you're sinning and you're gone away, just ask God to forgive you. Just trust God where you're at right now and let God continue to direct you because he's the only one that knows the next step. He's the only one that knows the next step. Just trust him. Now, I want everybody to be quiet. I want you to bow your heads. Bow your heads. Don't put your books away. Don't put anything away. Just bow your heads. I want you to pray right now. Those of you that are Christians, for unbelievers or people that have walked away from God because we're going to see God change lives today. So have your heads bowed, everybody. Some of you here used to follow God, but you, for whatever reason, you got on a detour and you started directing your own life. And you're here, not by mistake. You know it's dead end after another. There's no purpose. There's no meaning in your life. Like Adam and Eve, didn't deserve a new start, but God's a God of grace. I can't tell you how many new starts I've had. You need to come back to God today. And I'm going to pray a prayer for you. 
Others of you have never put your trust in God. You've never said to God, I need my sins forgiven. I know that separates me. I want to go to heaven. I believe in you. Well, that's good, but it's not enough. See, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father except through Jesus. So you, like every other person that's a believer this morning, a Christ follower, you have to confess your sins. You have to put your faith and trust in God and take Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. See, there's only two destinations of life. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. You're in one of those this morning. But the problem is the destination of those two kingdoms is heaven with God, hell separated from God. You don't want that. There's nobody that would really want that. So I want to give you a chance, and I'm going to pray for you. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do, to raise your hand in a moment and say, Pastor Mark, I want to pray that prayer. I don't want you to pray it out loud. I want you to pray it underneath your breath, right where you're sitting. Nobody will know other than I'm going to ask you to raise a hand before you pray that. And so I can just acknowledge you. And when you acknowledge that, then you can just put your hand down because I'm going to pray that prayer. And you just repeat it, and God will change your life. So right now, Father, I ask that people's hearts be open. They already know that you're speaking to them. And if you've walked away from God and need to come back, or for the very first time this morning, you say, I want to put my trust in a God who has plans for me. I want to repent and become a believer. Would you just raise your hand right now? I'm taking 30 seconds, and that's all I'm taking. I'm not waiting. I'm not begging. You already know what to do. Would you just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor Mark, I want to pray that prayer with you right now. Just raise it wherever you're at. There we go. One. Others. Let me see it right now. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Raise it high. Thank you. Thank you. In the balcony. Just raise your hand so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Just raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I want to leave this building with a purpose and meaning and God's plan. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Don't play games with God. If he's spoken to you, that's special. That's special. Now, if you raise your hand, just pray this with me right now. Dear God, thanks for speaking to me. And today, I choose to make a decision, a step to follow you. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. And I ask that you would eliminate that negative past and give me a brand new start of following you. Today, I put my faith, my trust in Jesus who died on the cross for me. And I pledge to follow him as my Savior and my Lord. Now, God, direct me in the steps that I need to take. In today's message, Pastor Mark reminded you that God has chosen to use people like you to do His work on the earth. However incredible or ridiculous that might seem to you, He has given you, through the Holy Spirit, the means to hear His voice and to do His will. All you have to do now is follow Abram and Joseph's examples and put your trust in God. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. 
subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This completes the teaching God uses people to fulfill His plans. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the message, Joseph, the favored son, is sold into slavery. You'll be asked to ponder this statement, God at work in the details of our lives. You'll observe a display of God's power in his orchestrating the life of Joseph, using the cruelty of others to hone Joseph into the man God used to do as well. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.